Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hey there, and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Episode, what is it? 831. And it's perfect for the day after Christmas. Now, in Canada, this is kind of a fun day. It's actually a holiday, and it's called Boxing Day. Now, if you live in Europe or in England or in Canada or in some other places, you're going to know that. Growing up in the U.S., I'd never even heard of it. And imagine my delight. In uh, 2003, 20 years ago, I came up to Canada for a job as a consultant and to find out there was an extra holiday, Boxing Day. And I actually looked it up once to figure out what it meant, and I can't remember right now. And that shows, I don't know what it shows, but I can't remember. But yesterday was Christmas, and I'm fully aware that some people celebrate Christmas and some don't. And here are the principles that I'm talking about. If you don't celebrate a Christian holiday, the birth of Christ, that's fine. I'm, I'm uh, using this day, which is a celebration for many, and if it is for you, it is for me too. Christmas means a lot to me because of my connection with God and Christ. But whatever your connection with the divine is, and whatever the names are you have associated with that, the principles I'm going to talk about here are the same. So don't get put off by the fact that it's the day after Christmas, or I refer regularly to Christmas. Substitute for yourself the thing that connects you to the infinite, the power of creation, the power of being every single thing that you can be every minute, all the time, because you can. And you know what? That doesn't mean don't rest, don't rejuvenate. That doesn't mean be crazy, busy, or do anything like that. It doesn't mean any of that. It means fill the measure of your creation. However you describe that creation, whatever source, the universe, the higher self, the inner God, God Almighty, Elohim, Jehovah, uh, Krishna, whatever, you know, I probably said that wrong, Krishna, I think is a better pronunciation, Allah, whatever the creative force is, you know right now that love is infinite. Uh, now, in order to think about this, today's title is The Infinite Power of Love. <clears throat> so let's just dig into this for a few minutes. Infinite power of love. You know what my experience is? My experience is that love, the substance that is love, actually holds the universe together. You know, we look for things, the strong force theory and the weak force and you know, all those things that are subatomic particles, and we don't really know. I mean, like, we give them names like the strong force, right? And electromagnetism. And what we know things like if I move a, a wire through a magnetic field, right? And here's a horseshoe magnet. If I move a wire back and forth, it causes electrons to migrate from one end to the other. We don't know why. But they do. And then we talk about the spin topology of quarks and 
all kinds of, you know, things that are in realms so tiny we can't conceive of them. We can't even see them at all in any way. We see little traces of movement through plasma, and that's about as good as it gets. Even with the most powerful electron microscopes, we're far, far below that range. So these things exist down there, and we understand now more and more what they do, because otherwise we couldn't create, you know, this little Fitbit, and we couldn't have an Apple phone, and I have one of those, but I don't know where it is right now. We couldn't do any of that stuff. We didn't know how it worked. I was just reading uh, the next generation. The iPhone 15 is out, and I was reading about the 16, which is not even going to come out till September, I think, of 24, if it sticks to normal plans. <clears throat> and they're talking about building it on three nanometer technology. Now, a nanometer is a billionth of a meter. Think about that for a sec. They're building chips, circuits, on a na three nanometers, which, you know, is infinitesimally small, yet somehow we're able to do that. So we have structural ability to create that, and we're manipulating things, and we actually don't know very much about how they work, really. So here's what I know. I know that the power of love, and I'm going to define love for us for a minute, and this you know, may be one definition, and you can figure out your own. Love is in that element of choice. How do you measure choice? How do you measure free will? How do you measure agency, the right to do something? Like we have measurements of electron volts and meters and Newtons when you push things of force and foot-pounds of weight and torque and things. But we don't know how to measure agency. We don't know how to measure will power. We don't know how to measure the right to choose. But those are the fundamental building blocks. Whatever intelligence there was that created all this, you know, the instruction was let there be light. And sometimes... You know, I've heard it said that, you know, that's all mythology, let there be light, yeah, whatever. And they say things like that because, you know, the people that wrote that stuff, they don't know anything about how it works anyway. I mean, they can't even do algebra or calculus. Now, I got a different idea. My idea about that is the following. Maybe the truth, the actual factual, ooh, actual factual truth of how light and atoms and fusion and stars and the strong force, weak force, maybe the actual description of that is so far over our heads, it's like trying to teach calculus to an ant. And I know it might be offensive to think of us as ants, but maybe we are. And maybe let there be light is as good as it gets for our level of spiritual and intellectual but principally spiritual development. So let's just go with that for a minute. <clears throat> love is an attractive force. When people are kind, loving, and I, I said I was going to give you a definition, so here's love. Love is a choice with that agency element that you and I have to use your resources, your spiritual resources, your willpower, your emotional resources, your physical resources, maybe money and time, so spiritual, physical, emotional, and mental are the four categories I use. But it's a choice to use those resources to serve someone, to help them, to lift them, to bless them, 
in their best interest. So if you stop and help a stranger on the side of the road and you're using physical, emotional, mental, spiritual resources to serve, you love them. How you love them may be small. Uh, if you have children or a child, then you pour tons of spiritual, physical, and emotional resources, mental, emotional resources into them. You love them a lot. If you have a partner, then you sit with them and you understand them and you allow them to develop and you encourage them in all the ways that they can to be their best selves. That is, that is the demonstration of that love. And the reciprocal feeling for that is community and connection. We are demonstrably heliotropic beings. So is every amoeba, so are we. Plants, the cactus in the backyard in Phoenix, right, grew really crooked to get a little bit more sunlight because it was in a great big clay pot. And the cactus, the pot weighed a thousand pounds and the dirt in it another thousand and the cactus weighed who knows how much. But the cactus over time grew this little crooked way because it was in a, on a covered patio. It was right at the edge of the patio, but still to get a little more sunlight, it grew crooked. There's uh, laboratory experiments that show amoebas migrating across a petri dish to get closer to the light source. So think about that. We do that too. We are attracted to light. Light is another form of love, warmth, healing, growth, right? It is energy. We are attracted to that, and we migrate, we move, we gravitate toward that. So let's just go with that for a minute. When you choose to help someone, serve them, bless them, give your spiritual, physical, emotional, mental resources to them, to bless them, to lift them, to assist them, to help them, then you love them. And often we think of love as reserved sometimes for romantic things or sometimes for family things. But love exists in every form, every form. It's in scriptures, Christian scripture, but I know it's in others because I've read it. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And that's the Christian example. But there's other examples of the same idea. Okay, and the creator created the entire glorious and beautiful world for us to use and enjoy. And yeah, we've done a crummy job in some ways doing that, abused it, messed it up and polluted it. That's a different topic than today. What I want to talk about today and the name of today is love. I want to talk about the infinite power of love. And you might think, well, if it's infinite, why do we have problems? Well, I'm not the designer of this existence. I'm a participant just like you. But my observations as a participant tell me the following. Agency, or the right to choose, is a fundamental principle. The creator does not interfere with that right to choose. That means that when I misuse my spiritual, physical, emotional, mental resources and inflict pain from stomping on a frog to screaming at someone or to being unkind or stealing or being dishonest or any of that kind of stuff, someone actually gets hurt and damaged. And the creator doesn't rush down and fix all that immediately. Now, there will be, you know, reckoning. If for no other reason, then there has to be balance. There is yin and yang. People call it karma. There is a balance sheet. There is a balance sheet. And how all that works is way beyond the scope of this episode. What I want to talk about is the positive side of the balance sheet, the infinite power of love. Now, love is the greatest power. 
There's nothing greater anywhere, in any case, in the universe, period. You can see that just by observation if you want to. Now, if right this minute you're in the midst of struggle, you're in the, on the receiving end of one of those cruelties or brutalities that I talked about a minute ago, that might be the furthest thing from your mind. Because somebody or some collection of people may have insulted, hurt, taken away things, or damaged you. But what I know for sure is your physical and spiritual being is held together by love. The Creator, with love, put the molecules together. The spiritual molecules, the physical molecules. We know what physical ones are. We don't know what spiritual molecules are. I'm just using it by analogy. But it is the greatest power. And so momentary, even if they last a day, a week, a month, a year, or a decade, momentary um, items of pain, uncomfortableness, is that a word? Discomfort, or people diss you, or whatever, they're going to happen. They've happened to me, and they're happening or have happened or will happen to you. They're part of the experience. Now, <clears throat> one of the things I know about that from my own experience is that they're here to see what we're going to do. Who will I become? You know, we have the example of carbon, when it's squished hard enough, turns into a diamond. And there's analogies to that in our souls. So what are you committed to do? You know, Christmas was the celebration uh, yesterday of the birth of Christ, Son of God, in that tradition, which is my tradition, but in, maybe not in yours. The embodiment of that love and that idea was that that person was born to create. This is what I referred to earlier. There is a balance sheet. The mission of that individual was to bring the balance, to create an opportunity to make all of those errors healed to make them okay. Not now, not like I get hurt today and somebody's going to come and fix it tomorrow. We don't have the wisdom or the ability to, to demand that because the whole point of, seems to me, of this time here in the world is to see what we choose to do with our circumstance. So the only question, and I'm going to put this forward as possibility, the only question that matters is this. Not when is so-and-so going to get ripped or punished for what they did? When am I going to get justice for what happened to me? Those questions don't matter. That was a hard lesson for me, but they don't matter because I can't answer them. When is so-and-so going to get ripped or punished for whatever they did? I don't know. I don't control that. I don't control either the legal method or the spiritual part. It's not my you know, control mechanism. So that's out of my hands. And whenever I spend time worrying about it, I just lose time, power, energy, focus, etc. When am I going to get justice for all the stuff that happened to me? I don't control that either. So any time I spend focused on trying to extract that justice from the system is waste. So the only question that matters is in every moment, given the situation that you have, what do you want to create? Now, if your milk is sour and you're trying to make cookies, you know, that's a bad example, but you may have ingredients that are not optimal. The same question, what do you want to create? So here's what I offer you after Christmas. Access love. 
because there is an infinite amount of love. There's an infinite amount of power in the universe. Molecules are staying together. Things aren't flying apart. And I want you to think about the opposite of love for a minute. Love is the attractive, the connective tissue, the power that brings everything together. The opposite, fear, hate, anger, bitterness, shame, that just blows stuff up. It blows up relationships. It blows up people's hearts. It blows up homes. It blows up businesses. It ruins all kinds of things, causes rifts and pain. And they stay that way, guess what, until love is applied in until love is applied and when enough love is applied to any situation healing can begin now i don't control other people's actions so i have situations in my life that are sad and people who don't talk to me right now that i wish would but i don't control that i love them dearly just with all my heart. My invitations are open, wide, wide open. Arms are open. I'm ready. But I don't control that. So I can either stay sad, be sad, blame, get angry, frustrated, or I can simply live in love, help every single person around me that I can, just because it's in my power, and be patient. Because that lever I don't control. When someone will forgive or they'll decide they want to apply love to their wounds. Like, we don't control that for other people. So my suggestion is stop trying. Stop trying to order the universe and other people's behaviors and attitudes and kindness and cruelty and everything. Stop trying to order that around your wishes. If you have to get out of a situation, get out of it. If you have to move away from something, do. But control the levers that you have. And the only levers that I have, and I would suggest to the only ones you have, is your your thinking, your feelings, which flows directly from thinking, and your actions. So let's take the situation where someone did something unkind 5,000 times. Okay, get out of the situation until they stop or whatever, and then say, okay, here here am I now. What do I want to create? Maybe later there's an opportunity to repair that relationship, but maybe not. That, de- that may depend on what they've done. But more than anything depends on m- m- me or you operating the levers that you have. One of the things in my PTAC personal truth and commitment document is a statement that says, I am forgiveness. I hold no judgment, anger, or loathing toward anyone for anything, including myself. And that was a really interesting and difficult for me place to get to, because I used to hold judgment all the time for myself, terrible, and for everybody else. I don't do that anymore. None. I simply believe every person, you, me, is doing the best they can with what they have right now. And so our challenge then, if that's true, we're doing the best we can with what we have, is to improve what we have and then improve our best that we can. The stuff that's in our control. So how do you do that? Well, I'll tell you how I do it, and I'll share these ideas with you and hope that they're of, of use to you. 
I start my day every day, including this very morning, with a a process. I call it a morning ritual, but it doesn't matter. It's a self-creation process. And what I do in there is I remind myself who I am. I'm a son of God. I live to serve. I am forgiveness. I hold no judgment, anger, or loathing toward anyone for anything, including myself. And there are several statements. It's, I don't know, eight or nine pages long. And it's in big type, not not tiny pages. But they're statements of who I have decided to be. And they're not to impress someone else or not to say, ooh, look at me. That's for me to remind me. It starts, I am infinite and eternal. I am a son of Almighty God. I am a disciple and friend of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on from there. The next one I'll use also, it's I am at cause. I create my being and call into existence every part of my experience. Just those four is, some of them are just true, like I'm a son of God and I can't do anything about that, good or bad. But reminding myself of that accesses that love. Because if I'm acting the part of a son of God, then I'm not running around being unkind to other children of God, you or anyone else. I'm doing the best that I can. In fact, every time I say that, it calls love, calls the power of love into my life. Because then I think, how can I serve? How can I help? A couple of days ago, um, we had our Sunday on the 24th, we had our Christmas program. And I practiced a bit for that. And I had to sing and played for the choir and played the organ for the service and stuff. And I practiced. I didn't, I didn't do it as well as I wanted to. Made some mistakes and, ah, you know, frustrated. But it was good. And it went off well. And the service was nice. And a lot of people said nice things. Why did I put all that effort in there? I don't get paid for any of that. But I get love. I get the feeling of worship. I get to contribute to someone else's Sunday worship. I get to contribute to someone else's Christmas feeling and spirit and feeling of love toward themselves and their family. So I get to add good to the world. See, I've made a choice that the only thing I'm doing until I no longer draw breath is adding good to the world. Uh, That's a choice. I, I don't have to do that. You don't. But have you chosen consciously and intentionally the things that you are about? what you are creating, because life is going to be whatever it is. Circumstances are going to happen. People are going to do this and that. And you, every time, 100% of the time, get to choose what you do with each of those circumstances. What a gift. What a blessing. What a power. What an awesome opportunity. And yeah, I'm sure that I'm going to be accountable for my choices. And in Christian theology, at least, the purpose of Christ's visit was to offer the opportunity to correct all those mistakes. Because when unkindness was heaped upon me, as it has been, and unkindness I have heaped on others, as has happened, somehow there has to be a way to fix all that. Because I sure don't have that power. Neither do you. Well, that's the purpose of the Savior of the world in that theology. But point is, no matter what you believe about any of that, love is the central power. It is the central doctrine. It is more powerful than anything else. It's available in infinite quantities all the time. 
Now, sometimes we hear that and we think, I don't feel loved right now. And I don't feel love toward anybody because I'm having hardship in my life. I know that. I have been there. Hopeless, helpless, and, you know, a couple of suicide attempts if you've read the books. But those things pass. And I'm grateful I was a failure at the suicide attempts because I am now grateful to be here and to learn and know what I have. Here's the the crux of what I want to encourage you with today. Love is the infinite power. It is available all the time, even when we don't like it, don't feel it, don't um, don't feel like we've been given any. We wonder why God lets this or that happen. Take some space. Start with loving yourself. You are an infinite divine being. That I know. Five and a half years ago, I died, and I had uh, three conversations with God at the door between life and eternity. Now, I know that's an unusual thing for people to have happen. But in that conversation, you can read that book, Meeting God at the Door. It's on Amazon if you want it. But in those conversations, I learned an eternal truth. You and I are precious. You are precious. You are important. You are valuable. You are powerful. If you're like me, I got lost along the way. And I didn't believe any of those things. I believed I was alone. I was trapped. I was worthless and powerless. That's what That was my story. Bit by bit, a little by a little, beginning to listen on purpose to the divine, to the inner intuitions, things began to change. And they will for you too, because I'm not more important than you. You, right here, right now, are precious. So regardless of the physical, emotional, uh, mental struggles that you're going through right this minute, you're still precious. The levers that you have are yours to operate. You have choice every time to be patient or to be impatient, to be angry or to love, to be pure in your intentions or have secret intentions trying to take advantage of people. Like every one of the, every choice we make, we get those choices, and that's the reason I start my day with that list of things that I have declared about myself. And that document, uh, I'll tell you about it in a little bit, where you can find it in a minute if you want it. And I'm not saying it's a model or that you should want it. But I found the two most important things in getting from where I was suicidal and an addict to today where my only mission is to love you and serve you the two most important things were the creation of a set of declarations that were my own private document I shared with no one between me and God, and then create that morning ritual or daily creation process. I think of it as an athlete warming up for the day or when I warm up to play. I did that this morning. I practiced before I went to church. So all of those things, those two things, all of those things, those two things, are the most important for me. And here's why. Every time I review those declarations of who I am, I get refreshed. 
I sit a little taller, even if the weight is heavy, even if I'm sick, even if all that stuff. Because then I know there's a way through. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. I haven't found it yet. But even if I only move a millimeter, I'm going in a positive direction, in a good direction. And the second piece is that daily creation process. When I don't do that, the weight of negativity is overwhelming. When I do that, I, it's like cleaning the dirt off the windshield. You can see better. And I create, I'm able to, now, able to create a closer relationship with the divine. So if this any of this serves you, I'd invite you to go to the URL there, yourultimatelife.ca, www.yourultimatelife.ca, and get the free stuff, five master keys to create your ultimate life. Those are not just some airy-fairy crap. Those are hard-won, battle-tested truths about how to create the life of purpose, prosperity, joy, fun, access that infinite power of love, because it's available to you right here, right now. Yes, you. It's not a secret. I call them five master keys because they unlock so much. They're not secrets. But they do take work. They do take discipline and they do take commitment. But so does any path to excellence. If you want to play the piano well, you've got to spend a few thousand hours on the bench. If you want to sing well, you've got to practice. You want to paint well, you want to do anything well. You've got to get dedicated. If you want to create your ultimate life, get dedicated to it. How bad do you want to create it? Start with love. Get the help you need. Go get that. The, the free resources at www.yourultimatelife.ca or other resources that serve you. If they're not helping you, then throw them away. But the last thing I wanted to mention is in a month or so, in January, I have a book my 19th book coming out and it's called living with purpose and power. And it's, uh, everything that I know about how to create those documents, how to create that morning ritual, how to do the things that I've talked about today. So that love is the master power of your life so that you are energized, moved forward, buoyed up, lifted, blessed by divine love and by self love. Every day, no matter what anybody else around you does. I can make you a promise. If you diligently pursue that path, you'll be happier, you'll be more successful, and you'll be absolutely further along the path, creating your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet